Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. What does it take to be an entrepreneur, and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Property Podcast, and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the Future of Entrepreneurship, a PropG Pod special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the PropG Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. What is up, my friends? How is everyone? I think I speak for everyone here at the MMA Fighting Staff when I say that I wish you a very happy 2023. I hope you're all out there having a wonderful start to the new year, making those resolutions, getting things done. Hope you enjoyed the holiday. And woo boy, I am excited today. Uh, this is the MMA Fighting Ranking Show. My name is Sean Alshadi. I am joined by my co-conspirator, the Prince of Positivity, the King of the North, Alexander K. Lee and AK. We are back at it again, my man. 2022 is behind us. New year is ahead. It's a clean slate. Just what a beautiful time of year. How are you feeling today, buddy? You go to hell, Al Shadi. Oh, sorry. I I, uh, I thought we had... <laughs> I, I jumped the gun there. I, I thought we had uh, proceeded to the next stage of the podcast. I forgot we were still doing the intro. Uh, I mean, it's you're right. It's wonderful. It's been a wonderful holiday. We've had some uh, pretty terrible news in the MMA community, but you know we're we're bouncing back. We're we're working through. We're looking ahead to uh, hopefully more positive things as twenty twenty three goes along, and hopefully a super positive podcast today with the uh, the caster characters that we've gathered, Gene. Yeah, hopefully we can bring a little levity to your lives here today. So, of course, uh, maybe you already know by now, but we have a little special show here for you guys today. Usually, we're coming at you after pay per views, but today's a little bonus episode of the Reiki Show, and oh yes. It is one of my favorite shows we do on here, AK. A festivus for the rest of us, if you will. Welcome to the second annual Aryan of Grievances. Newcomers. <laughs> the tradition of festivus begins with the airing of grievances. I got a lot of problems with you people. Now you're going to hear about it. Uh, normally we like to have a group of four on here. Today, though, we're making it a party. We got six. Count them six out of the eight panelists on, uh, on here for the website. Damon Martin, Jed Mishu, Mike Heck, and the return of Mr. 3024 himself, E. Casey Layden. Uh, and AK, we did this last year. Now we're running it back. Do you want to explain to the people real quickly what we're doing here? Yeah, listen, uh, I'm very proud of the rankings that we've put together, the only rankings that matter. The MMA Fighting Global Rankings, the MMA Fighting Pound for Pound Rankings. 
But, you know, behind the scenes, I mean, maybe not so much behind the scenes if people listen to the podcast, uh, the rankings podcast regularly. Uh, but it gets even uglier behind the scenes sometimes. We have some disagreements. We have some discrepancies. You know, we're not always on the same page when it comes to ranking certain fighters. Uh, and and uh, every now and then, Shaheen, I think we'll all agree it's good to have a little bit of bloodletting. It's good to kind of let the pressure out. It's good to, you know, just say what's on your mind because we're a family. We're a family. We're family. We love each other. We love each other, but families, you know, again, don't agree on everything. So once a year around this, this special time of the season, yes, we, it is important, I think, to air, air the grievances and to uh, just to, to go into the new year with a clean sleep. A little family therapy, right? Like the family mm-hmm. that fights together, loves together. I don't know. I don't know. There's some kind of phrase there. If somebody can land on it. Uh, but yes, yeah, so basically a little supersized round table here. Our little version of a secret Santa gifts exchange only instead of gifts is our chance to air the grievances that have built up over the course of the year. Uh, and so what we've done, we've asked all of you guys here to bring one or two names that you have sung, singled out. One or two little beefs that have just been simmering that you want to ask somebody about. Why is this guy so high on your rankings? Why is it so low? What are you thinking with this one? We're going to take turns going around the room little friendly dialogue. Let's please try to keep it civil. Let's try not to hurt anyone's feelings. Let's try not to gang up. And most of all, let's just really try not to get anyone fired. Uh, That's kind of the goal of this podcast. We're all friends here. But quickly, before we start, what's the mood in the room here? Anyone, feel free to chime in. There's six people. So this is, just have at it. What's the mood in the room? How's people feeling? It's a, uh, this is tough. It's it's a, the rankings. I'll be honest. I I don't, the airing agreements is I don't have as many problems as you people this year, but I will say that the mood, (laughs) the mood in MMA is a little downtrodden right now. We have not had a couple of good days in mixed martial arts. So I'm actually looking forward to this to hopefully, even though we're airing grievances to bring a little levity, uh, to the sport because things have been real heavy these last couple of days. Yeah, this is tough this year. Last year, we were just free flow and stuff. Now we get six of us on. I thought for sure we we're going to have like a two and a half hour podcast at, at the very least, maybe a two parter, like a WrestleMania four type of airing of grievances. But just actually looking at the rankings, I think this should be it. This should be pretty easy to do. So, yeah, I have a lot of problems with a lot of people in the MMA space, but I could say that you five individuals, I only have a few minor problems with and you'll hear them soon enough. Airing of nitpicks, if you will. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> I'm almost all the way on board with that. But there are two. I have come to two that I have a very major issue with. There are some other ones, some small ones, but mostly we're getting it right. There are still two standout, fraudulent <laughs> rankings going on here. Oh, boy. We have to say I know we do. Yeah. I know we have to say I... I feel that one of them many people will share with me. Everyone should agree on both, but we'll find out as we get into this. But otherwise, I I am likewise surprised because I thought last year I had no shortage of beef with all of you. (laughs) And and you've all seen the light. You've all made wiser choices come around. Sometimes, you know, wasn't your your fault. Isla Makachev made it undeniable that he was the best lightweight in the world. So I'm I'm just happy. It's a good year. It's going to be a good year, I believe. If you had it written down uh, on your bingo card, it was 5:30 before Jed took called scoreboard on Islam this time around. <laughs> 5:30 into the pot. I mean, so that's, that's a new record. I mean, that's got to be the longest. We've I waited. think most people expected that to go off much sooner. You know, <laughs> talking minute three could have happened. So, Casey, you feeling good? I'm feeling great. I'm 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 trying to get angry at 
looking at you guys rankings i'm not i'm not that mad like like you said it's year of nitpicking um so but give, give me uh, let me give it I'll, I'll take a deeper dive and i'll definitely find something i can get all riled up about <laughs> <laughs> real fight words real fight that words is the name of the game. <laughs> yeah. uh, and so with that with that fiery interjection by casey let us begin <laughs> the second annual mma fighting rankings committee airing of grievances ak the prince of positivity our dear friend would you like to start us off oh should i okay it's not it's not super explosive and it's it's pretty broad <laughs> and let me say i'm glad our dear friend ekc line is here because we are on the same side here we are okay. on the same side here. <laughs> people know we talk about a rogue panelist a lot and casey is that rogue panelist more often than not uh, uh he has a little bit of a different methodology but on this case on this you and i have i think pretty much been in agreement for like the past two years on the ranking of this fighter, the the the, the uh, evaluation of this fighter. I think everyone owes me an apology for Kayla Harrison uh, being as high, as high as she was. I'm calling it out, not just you guys. I will say, I, I had to go back and do some research here. I've never had her higher than I think, like a women's pound for pound. I've never had Kayla Harrison higher than I think like 15, 14, maybe. Meanwhile, you guys are launching her up the top 10. She was as high as two, number two on some people's ranking. The number two pound for pound best fighter in the world. Hey, you and someone else. It wasn't just you, Jay. You and someone else. It was you and someone else. I think it might have been someone else. It might have been like three people. I, 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 I just said, I thought that was crazy. I always thought it was crazy. She's a very talented fighter, a great athlete, obviously but just impossible to evaluate given that she competes in a weight class that just really doesn't exist. And like beating, sure, beating fighters we've heard of like Sarah Coppin, right? But we know Sarah Coppin's not a 155-er. So even when she fought someone with a name, uh, you know, they were just, it was clearly just a physical mismatch. So a talented person and worthy of being in our pound for pound rankings, which she has been, I think, I think since we started them, I want to say. But when I saw her going up like top 10, number eight, six, five, up to two, I was just like, this is crazy. I'm like, we got to settle down. We got to settle down. So uh, that is my general grievance for everyone. If anyone wants to defend themselves, go ahead. Or just just you know, say, AK, you were right all along. And we all need to kind of you know uh, hold our horses a little bit when it comes to these things. I'm ready for it. Look, as, as one of the people who may or may not have had Kayla Harrison as the number two pound for pound female fighter in the world. Number two is crazy. I'm willing to say that I might not have been correct in that assessment. (laughs) I'm not sure that I'm willing to apologize to you, AK, uh, because I don't think we gave you shit for not having her that high. If I'm mm-hmm. wrong, then I will no. issue an apology. I'm fairly confident that I was never on the corner of you guys are all insane. This is clearly the, it was just a vibes. I got caught up in the emotion of it all. And, and frankly, we might all be wrong because maybe Larissa Pacheco is actually just the second best fighter in the world. Maybe. And, and none of us are giving her, her, her appropriate flowers. We all just docked Kayla Harrison for that loss. But I will absolutely say that it, at this moment in time, my bad, got a little too carried away. There we go. I <laughs> up, hand this up. is why I was wrong. Whoa. I, <laughs> we barely hear this. This is why we do this show. Uh, Casey, I think you were pretty. I think Casey, I, I, I didn't look at all the rankings. I don't think you ever put her higher than 
eight. I think you reluctantly put her at eight and then eventually she dropped down. And then you did like a shuffling and she dropped all the way, all the way out. But at some point you had her at eight and I'm like, yeah, for me that like, for, for yeah. context, I currently have her at 10. I was going to say, Jen oh, still has her in front of I think most people do, right? No, no, they don't. No, we don't. Where'd she go? Where is, is, is everyone else kind of has her around 14 to 18. Oh, and yeah, Jen's yeah, just yeah. Sitting, sitting with his take. Can yeah. I defend my 10 very quickly? Cause I actually feel good about where she's currently ranked. There's like a clear upper echelon of female fighters in the world like Shevchenko Nunez Zhang I inappropriately had Kayla up there uh-huh. not not defending that choice but once you get past Chris Cyborg you are really s- splitting hairs on who okay. goes where between Juliana Pena, Liz Carmouche, Ketlin Vieira. They only half of them only fight once a year anyway. It's tough to figure. So I just I took the Pacheco Harrison duopoly and just shoved them right in that break of <laughs> clearly elite fighters versus the rest of well, them. Uh-huh. And I feel okay to, with to that. back up to back up what Jed's saying. I will 100% take the L on the old uh, Kayla Harrison being ranked. I think number two or three on my rankings as well. But I will <laughs> say to Jed's point, and I said this on my podcast with Matt Brown the other day, the women's division, especially the upper part of the women's division, the bantamweight division in particular, like the talent level has just bottomed out. Like there is like, it's a, it's a wasteland in, the, in in what was once the premier women's division, like the bantamweight division is a, like, there's nothing. So to Jed's point, like I back him up on, like, there's like, a, there's a very like clear kind of line in like the upper echelon of the women's division. And then just where it bottoms out. And you can say that, in a, I know this is going to be a controversial thing. You can say that about almost every division in a way. I think flyweight is actually becoming the most stacked division in women's MMA right now, because even strawway, you got a lot of people sticking around, who really aren't, you know, you've got the same like four fighters who have constantly been fighting for the title for the past like three years. Bantamweight has Amanda Nunes and then a bunch of other people. Like at this point, that's pretty much what you can say at Bantamweight. So while I 100% will take the L on Kayla Harrison being overranked when I had her two or three or whatever it was uh, based upon her actual resume, um, the problem is, is the women's divisions have not grown, especially bantamweight. Bantamweight is just, and we all know featherweight is not a real division. For that matter, neither is lightweight. But again, we still have Chris Cyborg rank because Chris Cyborg has a body of work. But the, the, the women's divisions in general have just been like outside of flyweight, where you got people like Casey O'Neill. Uh, you know, obviously you got um, uh, Aaron Blanchfield. Those divisions have not been adding a lot of new talent. I just got to be honest about that. I think strawweight's kind of okay. Strawweight's like <laughs> when the Prince of Positivity is like, it's kind of okay. That's not exactly the most ringing endorsement. Uh, that's the Be- defense. Before we move on, Casey, do you want to join me a little bit in this victory lap? You were also a bit of a, a Kayla doubter. Not a Kayla hater. None of us are haters. They're haters. But, but you were a bit of skeptical. Oh, I think I was the most skeptical in the whole bunch. Um, mm-hmm. you, would you say I had her in the top? At some point, I had, you had her at eight. I, I, I want to say it was after her no, last, no, the never, last time never, she won. Not at eight. No, 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 no. Not, that's way too oh, late. I have to go. I'm checking um, the receipts now. I, I had her at before she lost to Pacheco. I had her at 19 and I still had Pacheco ahead of her in pound for pound rankings. And they actually stayed the same from um, November, from November till after the fight. Um, it's not a real division. And I think Pacheco pound for pound is actually a better fighter. Um, but, March, 2022 uh, Casey, oh, Lee Casey, Lyon, Kayla Harrison, number eight, 
behind Carlos Farza ahead of Holly Holm. Receipts. And then that was, that, 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 that was, that, that was for Kevin. Yeah, that was for Kevin Harrison. To your credit, to your credit, you then did reshuffle. I think either the next month or a month after that, you did re, you did like a whole reshuffling of your pound for pound, and you dropped her to like yeah, yeah you dropped her to like seventeen or eighteen well, or something. Remember, I, 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 on an internal chats, I tried to get out of this pound for pound ranking because I kind of hate this pound is, for pound. Yes, but, it's but, but so I, I didn't put that much thought into it. So once I had to think about it. Uh, yeah, the Harrison yeah. went way down on the list. You, you land in the right I spot. The, I, I love the air quotes around think about it. That's, that's <laughs> good. Um, all right. Well, I feel like that came to a peaceful resolution. That's a great start to, to all of this, fellas. Uh, let's just go around the horn. Uh, I don't know how your setup is on your computer, but Mike, you are the next up on the around the horn on me. So let's go with Mike. Uh, I'm glad that AK set the table for an overranking overrankings conversation because my first grievance goes... It was almost a double grievance, but it's like a one and a half grievance. A half point goes to you, Shaheen Al-Shadi, for this. Oh, all right. But this is a full point for you, my best friend, Alexander Kaylee. And Shaheen, I understand that emotions get in the way of ranking sometimes. Like, And, and I think we all know your admiration for one Tony Ferguson. Oh. The fact that you have him ranked at 155 is a little bit you egregious did it, Mike. in my eyes. You did it, Mike! But you at least had the wherewithal to... You know, use your emotions to at least put him at the bottom of the rankings. He's at number 14 for you. But my best friend, this message goes to you. How do I want to say this? Oh, oh my gosh. Hey, hey, I just oh. saw where you're at with this. Get him. This was my number one with a bullet. <laughs> How dare you? How dare you, AK, rank Tony Ferguson inside the top 10? Because I love you, man. I love you. We host on to the next one together, and, and I just have wonderful things to say about you. But how do you even look yourself in the mirror after you X out of that spreadsheet after ranking Tony Ferguson number eight? Like you can use the level of competition line, air quotes once again, level of competition for like the first loss or the second loss, maybe even the third. But after five straight losses, most of them were horrifying, especially after that Nate Diaz performance. And I know it's a welterweight fight, but it doesn't matter. It still should go into the overall just a position of everything. I don't know. I will still give you a virtual hug after this, AK. But if this is a festivist and having problems with people, I got a problem with you, man. This is just bad. This is just really bad. Like, he's not even in the freaking UFC rankings anymore. And the UFC rankings aren't even real. And he's not even in the UFC lightweight rankings anymore. Preach. And there he is, just sitting there at number eight for you. Please defend this so I can hug you. <laughs> And you're muted, so I can't even hear what you're saying. And it, even the, the ver- listen, even the microphone gods don't even want to hear your response to this. Listen, someone has them higher than me. I just want to say that I'm not. I do not have the highest. <laughs> someone oh. has him. Uh, you guys, oh. listen. He is, he is, he is not. He is not here. To, he is not here to defend himself. So I will. Def- I will make the case. I will fight for both of us. I will fight for Hazel and this man. Oh my um, God! So I had my second grievance actually has to do with the same panelist. So maybe I'll save that one. But will, you're here, so the venom will, goes to you once again. I will once again advocate for him. I guess I will. I will be this man's proxy. Uh, I'm so I'm so ready to get out. Okay, I have to do again. some. I have to I've do never some, been prouder of you, AK. I, I, <laughs> wow, uh, I didn't even know. I have him ahead of, of RDA, uh, who he beat five years, uh, five and a half years no. ago. Oh, five and a half is five not years correct. ago. Five years ago. <laughs> That's not correct at all. Six, 2016. Uh, six years That's ago. Almost a decade ago. Uh, 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 2016. Uh, uh, if, they, if they fought again. 
<laughs> I think Ferguson could still beat him. No, you don't. You don't. I do. No, I do. No, I do. I do. I do. I do. I think, I think it's a good. I think it's a good. I think it's a good matchup. Yeah. 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 Theoretically, already, I have are they fighting in Mexico City again? Listen, or? I have not. I have not put Tony Ferguson above anyone that has beaten him. All right. I have. I have respected the win loss record. Okay. Michael Chandler's ahead of him. Benil Darius well, ahead of him. Charlie Olives. Justin Gaethje. I mean, listen, uh, 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 Gamrot, I guess you could put ahead of him, um, but I don't know. Like, I I need to see him lose. I need to see him lose the sun behind him. I need to see him lose the sun behind him. That is my that is my rationale. AK, here's here's my big issue with this. Okay, mm-hmm. I have a lot of issues with this. Let me just interject for the people. The looks of horror slash amusement. I'm not looking. Right now on everybody, looking. I wish you guys could see it. It's fantastic. <laughs> My of the many problems I have with this AK, <laughs> I'm not even going to go into most of them because other people can can take that low hanging fruit. I will just ask you to make sure that I'm not all the way wrong here. The number 14 is that Tafik Musayev? It is the same Tafik Musayev who lost to Robert, Roberto de Souza Satoshi last year. Yes. So you you have decided that Tony Ferguson's five losses matter not at all, but this man whose best win is Patricky Pitbull is is also still worth it. What are you doing at lightweight? Is my question. What are you doing? Is beating Wait. Sydney Outlaw? Satoshi beat Masayev. Hold on. In twenty twenty one. Oh no! And then he beat Sydney Outlaw this year. Was this an <laughs> M- was this an MMA fight? Yes, it was a Ryzen that he lost uh-huh. to Satoshi. Uh huh. Uh huh. So unless this is a different Musayev that I don't know, which still raises a huge question for me over who that one is. This is the deepest best weight class in the sport. Uh-huh. You can't replace these two dudes with people who win fights. That's my old. That's my <laughs> primary issue here. Hold on. When when was the last Tony Ferguson win? Twenty nineteen. There's the answer Donald, for the, you. The immortal Donald Cerrone. The immortal Donald Cerrone. Damn, damn, they were good. Subject. Yeah. Donald Cerrone. Just your own. Your own he, show. You, you hold him in high esteem. I guess we shouldn't be surprised because you also were the last possible holdout for Conor McGregor, whose he only was, relevant win was also was, Donald Cerrone. If you beat Donald Cerrone, you're a top fifteen fighter. You're a top fifteen fighter. You're a top fifteen fighter. I don't know. What to say. You know who never beat Donald Cerrone? Uh, Habib. And I, I, I really Habib never did. He never did. And I do. I questions now. So the esteem that we hold. Khabibin. Um my point listen. is not that I'm mad. I'm just disappointed. Listen. Yeah. As I was also looking at my women's pound for pound, I was also thinking like uh, we were now two questions in and I'm already looking at two of my lists and I'm like, should some of these people be where they are? Because I have like Holly Holmes oh. still in like my top ten. Oh man, pound we're pound, and I'm like, we got re- KK rethinking his whole situation, whole, my whole life. <laughs> Look, you can't start. <laughs> no, no, I know women no. should be where they are like, in the pound to pound rankings. That's too tough. I will say, okay, listen, I will make this vow. If Tony Ferguson <laughs> loses to someone behind him in the rankings, 
I will remove him from the rankings completely. Nate Diaz. Oh, oh they have Nate, to that be was in not, the that rankings? was not that was not lightweight fight. Come on, get out of here. <laughs> okay, so if he loses just... to a lightweight behind him, anyone, I will I will remove him. You will. He shall be. He'll, he'll, he shall be gone. He shall okay. be gone. Uh, Which is not to say that guys can't win. move over we'll him. Take a win. So what if he had fought? What, what if he had actually fought Lee Jingliang yes. at UFC 279? Oh, and and Lee what, did what he probably... Then that's a welterweight, though. So it would still be the yeah, it has no, effect, no effect on his lightweight ranking. I, uh, no effect. Yeah. AK, I changed my mind. I love this so much. Thank I want you, you to Thank die you, on this hill yeah. forever. I have, listen, I I have a lot of respect. I for the next 10 years to Body just stay work. at number eight because no lightweight beats him. <laughs> If one of these squatters would give some of these guys a chance, so that, you know, uh, maybe maybe they, maybe they could leap over him. Poor Tony Ferguson is just caught in the middle. It's not his fault. He he gets <laughs> he got he got to fight all these squatters. Good for him. But uh, you know, it's it's not his fault. He won. He couldn't beat them. But that, and he's getting those fights, and other people aren't. I also I also just want to point out uh, on the Tafik Musayev part, you hilariously have <laughs> Umar Nurmagomedov ranked behind him. <laughs> <laughs> just so well listen they both beat for chicky pitbull i don't know how you're saying one is necessarily better than the other one of them I, did I mean, lose to satoshi <laughs> so. listen, satoshi uh he just lost asian mckee so I, now now i stand by my ranking <laughs> now that fi- my rankings are now fixed i i was picking ahead i was i was assuming he was going to lose ah, to aj okay. mckee yes and you obviously pulling a jet. you're pulling a jet yeah, exactly, exactly 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 right. now and, it all makes sense yeah and yet aj mckee will not be ranked so I'm, i don't know i don't know how to <laughs> I'm not sure what to do with that. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> Let me just say uh, that even in the deepest depths of my Tony Ferguson fanboyism, which is, I am very open with, uh, I'm just incredibly proud of you, AK, for standing firm on this hill that even I couldn't get to. I have him at 14 and I felt bad about that. He's still in there. He's still in there, He's still in there, Shane. He's still in there. Wow. Look at that. All right. Well, that was fun. Uh, next, let's keep it moving around the horn. Casey, what you got? Oh. I think I had the same issue last year and it's really with what do I see in Liz Carmouche that no one else sees? Cause I have consistently consistently had her higher ranked than everyone in the entire staff. So I guess it's that everybody, but like, I think while Liz is an incredibly boring fighter and I don't roll out, I do not go out of my way to watch Liz Carmouche fights. I think her it's just she's just undeniably one of the best female fighters and the best now flyweights, obviously behind Valentina. Valentina is such a high level. But um yeah, I have Carmouche at three and I feel very I mean, I, I almost want to put her at two, um, but I just can't because of Santos's um great performance against um Val- uh, Valentina. But um it's really I guess who 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 has Carmouche the lowest ranked? So, so the lowest for you're talking about for women's flyweight, right? Women's flyweight, correct. So, me and Mike have her at nine. Uh, Damon, oh, wow. you have her at eight. AK, you have her at four. Jed, you have her at six. Uh, Casey, you do have her at three, which to yeah, me feels like you're putting her above Jessica Andrade. I am putting her above Jessica Andrade. I'm that with feels on that. I will say, uh, looking at my rankings, I should have her at five. I, I, I have Manon Firo in front of her. And I think as I'm looking at that, that that's wrong. Carmouche should be, I will just kick this off to respond to you though, Casey, because to some extent I agree with you based on the fact that what Shane just said about some of these, these rankings here, 
uh, a big part of it was the Vel- the first Velasquez fight. I think I had Carmouche much higher than that fight. I know she wins, and I don't think it was it, controversial. Is not the right word, but she really muddled it up until getting that win at the end. And that I don't I don't think that highly of Velasquez, and so that definitely tapered me down somewhat on her. Now she comes back out in the rematch runs right over her and I bumped her back up, but I didn't give her enough. She should be number five, but I feel very comfortable having her behind Shevchenko and Draj, uh, Tyler Santos and my girl, the future champion, Aaron Blanchfield. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. That's I'm not, it's more of a nitpicking. I'm not, I'm not even like that. I'm with you though. (laughs) Having her close to 10 feels Feels well, wrong. I mean, yeah, look, I mean, look at, I mean, when you look at her record, when you look at her resume, I mean, I, I'm with you that I don't rank Juliana Velasquez that high. Uh, Vanessa, her, her biggest win at flyweight, honestly, is Jennifer Maya. And that was, you know, that was four years ago. She beat that was five, yeah, five years, years ago. ago. That was, yeah. five years that ago was a point. better Jennifer Maya than we have now in but the I'm UFC. Saying, like, she, as, she, as we know from AK, uh, wins five years ago, totally relevant to your current <laughs> standard. Hey, we're, hey, we're not let's show some respect. Wins seven years. And she has a win. And she has a win. And she has over. She has a win yeah. at bantamweight over Caitlin Chukagan from uh, six years ago, so or seven years ago. So. And. <laughs> and and Jessica Andrade from almost ten years ago. Yeah, so, so let's not let's not count that one out. All right, and Lauren, and Lauren Murphy too from eight years ago. Yeah, I just yeah, true. I, it's not check I, yourselves. I, I actually and I said here, here's part of, here's part of why I say this, and because like I said, where the women's divisions have not really been growing a lot. Flyweight is the one division who actually has been adding talent with Men Ophior, with yes. Aaron Blanchfield, with Casey O'Neill. I'm not saying Casey O'Neill should be ranked higher than Liz Carmouche. I'm pretty sure I don't have her ranked higher. I'm just saying, like, there's actually been talent building at Flyweight, uh, you know, with, with actually good, credible wins, whereas, like, Bantamweight and even Strawweight doesn't have that. So I think that's part of the justification. And also, again, you know, Carmouche's resume at flyweight to me is not all that impressive. I don't think I don't, I don't have her, you know, at the bottom of the list by any stretch of imagination, but I don't have her number three. Um, and I think that's the deal is flyweight actually has been adding talent. So it's harder for me to put Liz Carmouche higher versus let's say bantamweight where there's just no activity. We go months without a bantamweight fight. And so it's harder to move people up and down. Whereas flyweight, there's actually a lot of activity, a lot of quality of Mano, Mano Fior beats, Kaylin Chukagian, you know, Aaron Blanchfield has been on this great win streak. Things like that happen. And so it's harder to justify Liz Carmouche versus, like, say, a bantamweight where there's just no movement at all. Like, no one's fighting and, and no one new is coming in. I just yeah. think Liz is getting the kind of the, uh, the Bellator bump down. Essentially, because she see, I don't. That's is all, it, because I think if I she was still in the, the UFC, Bellator bump is a downward bump. That's the most <laughs> brilliant uh, thing. Not I've on heard. Casey's <laughs> list, but okay, not on Casey's list. That Bellator bump goes up on the Casey Lydon list. I just want to point that out, and I'm not saying it's a good thing or a bad thing. I just want to point that out. I would say, I mean, maybe the Bellator bump is a tiny bit because me and Mike have him her the lowest. Remember, she got released on the, on the UFC staff. after losing a championship fight. That never out, happens but, yeah. in the UFC. You know. She was number two ranked in the UFC, essentially, when she left. I think maybe the Bellator thing, there's a tiny bit to that. Um, I don't know that I rated Juliana Velasquez as highly as some people. But also, I do think it's a lot of what Damon said, where, like, this is genuinely the best women's division in the sport right now for me. And, like, a lot of these up-and-coming talents are just so genuinely exciting, whether it's, like, an Aaron Blanchfield or a Manifior or or anything like that. Like, I, to me, I, I... 
I don't know. It's hard for me to put her up above some of those women, but I think also I will admit this is probably an oversight. She should be higher than nine. I would imagine for me, especially after the last one, because the last one was so good. Right. I will say too, uh, looking at these flyweight rankings right now, there, that's not even the one that stands out to me. I'm looking at UAK ranking Tyler Santos, number seven, while uh-huh. everyone else has her at two or three. That's crazy. <laughs> way to, to go. This woman almost beat way, to, way, to, way to rank her up for losing a fight guys. Good job. I stand with AK on this. Yeah, good, Even good work. That's not where I have her ranked. I support. I support him. Yeah, I love. I love uh, ranking people who lost, like in the top five who lost fights. That's fun. Yeah, you do. You you love keeping Colby yeah, coming through at one seventy as like a top two guy. If she's if she's taking Kamaru Usman, to, hey, listen, I didn't say top five. I didn't say top ten. I said I said top five. I would say uh, that Valentina wait. is the Kamaru Usman. Not, I was going to say, AK, can you finish your line of thought? Okay, where if, if she, she takes her, if she, if she takes her to the limit again, the number one. And, and you're, you're also telling me you're also telling me that her wins, that Tyler Santos' wins, are the equivalent of like a Damian Maya. Uh, Rafael dos Anjos. That's what you guys are saying. That's the, so that that's the same as Colby Covington's wins. That's what you guys are saying. That those wins against like Joanne Wood I, and Roxanne Montefiore are the same a, as RDA and Damian Maya. Because I don't think so. Honestly, when you put it like that, they are pretty close. Like yes, Joanne I Wood and Roxanne Montefiore were good a decade yeah. ago. The same time Maya <laughs> I, was good. I strongly <laughs> disagree. Uh, I strongly disagree. I like Tala Santos. I think it's great that she's fought her way into the top ten. Sure but you I, don't. I, I don't put no. I don't put her. No, one, don't one, I, I don't. I don't put her. Who's going to have above her? Let's let's Lauren Murphy, Caitlin Chikigian. I I have no problem with that. Why 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 should I why should I rank her higher than those two? They As also I said I, I actually what? stand with AK on this one. I yeah. just I think your defensive argument of ranking someone for losing falls apart. No, I just Wait, I just mean I just mean, I don't I just mean, I don't need to throw her into the into the top three. Like I don't feel compelled. She put on a great fight. Let it let's if, if she's so good. Let's see how she does against in this in this Aaron Blanchfield fight. Oh, that's going to go right? poorly for her. No. Okay, but she's so good. She's so you tell me she's so good. No, she's top three. She's top three. So she so she should or, win that fight. Well, Aaron Blanchfield <laughs> might be top one. I mean, yeah, 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 a potential. Aaron yeah. probably top two. And, yeah. and Aaron Blanchfield is super talented. But I will say, like as someone who has Carmouche ahead of her, uh, not not using the 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 you know if they fought who would be favored. Obviously, I think Aaron Blanchfield will be favored if if she was booked against this Carmouche somehow. Um, I, I I don't think Carmouche's like resume is as bad. Like her flyweight resume is as bad as we were as people think. Like well, I, I mean, think the Kana Watanabe win and Vanessa Porta wins are both mm-hmm. good. I mean, I have I have Blanchfield behind Carmouche and Velasquez right now only because she doesn't have those established. I still rank them higher right now. Now I think talent wise, Aaron Blanchfield is vastly higher in that. But again, unlike some certain unlike certain people on this panel, I won't mention names. I don't always rank on potential. Uh, so, uh, so I ranked her right now. It's important that he says he doesn't always yeah. do it. Cause as we know, uh, he joined I me did. right there. With I, sure did. I sure did on that one, but <laughs> I'll take the L on that one. But I will say like, again, Aaron Blanchfield potential wise. Yes. But I, I don't have her that high yet. Cause I think Molly McCann is basically a can. Um, so I can't put her higher yet. One more. She means she means Tyler Santos. Of course she's going to be, you know, probably number two, but yeah. So if I Molly mean, McCann's a can. What is Luana Carolina? <laughs> what household appliance or item is Luana Carolina? Uh, this, 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 we're airing the grievances with each other, not the fighters. Yeah, yeah, the fighters out of it. Come on, let's focus right. on AK. Let's focus on Yeah, bring it back to me. That's it. Really, really out of this. Real quick, I just want to say Casey's not wrong. 
Um, but I'm still okay ranking Carmouche nine. And I will also say that she might be the toughest fighter to rank out of like everybody. Cause going through the flyway rankings, I've, before I finalize this, I probably had Carmouche as high as five. And I was like, eh, maybe I'll jump this one over and then jump this one over. And then I settled yeah. at nine, but, but I mean, we're, we're kind of splitting hairs with the six through tens, if you will, at least mm-hmm. in my eyes. So yeah, you're not wrong, Casey. And, and that's, I think that's a pretty fair grievance. I'm, I'm okay. Keeping her at nine, but you have a compelling case that she should be ranked higher for me. And I, and I do acknowledge, I get it. I get it without the, because so many of her big, her big wins came at 35 when there was no 25 division. And obviously the Bellator, and there, there's so many, there's so few crossover opponents that they have at flyweight. I get it. But yeah. Also, I will say, I think just to cap this conversation off, the difference between one and nine at flyweight is is like so vastly different than like the difference between one and nine at bantamweight or something, right? Where like a lot of like the three through nine at flyweight is pretty interchangeable. And then, you know, some other divisions, that's very much not the case. Uh, All right, let's keep moving. Damon. What do you got? I, uh, so my airing of grievance, my first one is going to be with uh, everyone on this panel who ranks either Olivier Aubin Mercier or Brendan Lockman from the PFL. There's a on this panel who have them now again they're not ranked super high 14 15 under uh folks come on i know they're feel good stories listen listen they won already they won a million dollars they win at life already they don't need to be ranked based on you feeling good about them though because neither one of them has any win anywhere remotely close in especially olivier Aubin mercier in the d in arguably the deepest division of the sport in lightweight and then even in featherweight lockdown his most established win is over Chris Wade, who was not a was not a terrible lightweight, but but again, when you look at his featherweight resume, who like where in the world have any of these like Bubba Bubba Jenkins is I like Bubba Jenkins very much, but Bubba Jenkins is essentially a journeyman at this point. He's never never lived up to the potential everyone thought he was going to have coming out of college. He's always been that guy who wins two and then gets knocked out in the third one, or wins three and gets knocked out in the fourth one. Uh, where like in two really good divisions. Are we just ranking people because we feel good for them? Like we're happy for them or that they put together an eight fight win streak against, I mean, Brendan, I, I, I it's not, a, it's not a knock that I dislike Brendan Lockname, but when you look at Brendan Lockname's record, what's his, I mean, Ego Husik, Ryoji Kyoto, Kyoto, Tyler Diamond. These are the, these are the wins that get this guy to be a top 15 featherweight. Really? Bubba Jenkins, Chris Wade, those, that's the wins. Those, and he lost. To Movlid, who again, I think Movlid's probably the most quality featherweight they have, and he just wasn't in the in the tournament. But I mean, again, are we just because if it's just win streaks and and wins don't like quality wins don't matter, then fine. If we're gonna do that, then I'm gonna go ahead and, and rank Jason Reinhardt because there was a time he put together like a thirty fight win streak. Okay, <laughs> oh, but if it's just if it, now, there's a but if it's quality of win in two really good divisions, featherweight and lightweight. I don't get it because I, we, why do you hate feel good we, stories? Olivier Aubin Mercier, Mercier is another, we have, we have tape on him in the UFC. He was never remotely close to being a top 15 lightweight when he was in the UFC ever. He was close. I don't think he, he was, was definitely I, close. I don't know if he was actually, come on now, look at it. Look at who he was fighting in the UFC and who he lost. He was never that close. 
And now because he may have, he, had, a, he may have he had a number next to his name. Now really? because he beat yeah. Stevie Ray, another cast out uh, from the and because he beat him, that's that's the that's funny. the measurement to put him in the top fifteen. Uh, I, I have, I have uh, a question. Previ- hold on, two previous PFL champions, Nathan Schulte and Hausch uh, Manfio, Damon. Excuse me. I, I listen. I was going to say wins over Rocco did, Martin and Drew Dober. Like he had solid wins. I'm not here to say he was a undeniable lightweight, but his losses are also. He lost to Gilbert Burns and Armand Sarukian and Alexander Hernandez. Those are like OAM. Really I, have, good. I have less of a bit again. My bigger issues with Lochnane. It's not necessarily with OAM as much as it's with Lochnane is the one I, I just that's a bridge too far for me. Here's my Did, question. Yeah, go ahead. I just have a really big one for you, and it's this. I will happily stipulate that some of that, certainly for me, I won't speak for everybody else, for OAM and for Lochnane is they had a really good year, and I want to reward that. Uh, especially their finals performances. If OAM goes out there and he just, you know, lays on Stevie Ray, he's probably not getting a ranking. My question for you, Damon, is if we look at your rankings, let's look at your featherweight oh, rankings. Be You're gentle, with that. What's what's Jonathan Pierce done that's like so much better than what Brendan Lochnane has done? He lost to Joe Lozon not that long ago. Like for the 15 spot, the 14-15. I'm cool with you just kind of throwing somebody out there who you you enjoy or whatever because it's it's so hard to parse when you get outside of really the top like eight probably but certainly in that top fifteen. So I'm not here to say that like definitively OAM and Lochnane are the fifteenth best guys. I got no issues with it, and I I don't I don't think that you should have any issues with it either. Well, I mean, here since we're gonna since we're gonna nitpick on rankings, I mean, Jed, you have Movlid ahead of Brendan Lochnane, and you have both of them ahead of Bryce Mitchell. Yeah, Bryce. Yeah, because Bryce Mitchell sucks. <laughs> yeah. so, and by the way, I support. You must have stand Jed, by it, Jed. You must have the only list in any of the rankings with two PFL fighters. Am I crazy? Oh, there can't, there can't there be any other. Possibly, oh, because most of them don't. Have, most of them don't have one. So right. <laughs> yeah, and, and I su- and no I su- chance. And I support it. Because I, su- I was going to say the only like the strongest argument against an, uh, any of us putting Brendan on. I also have him in the 15 spot. Is that probably if Movlead hadn't gotten injured. This feel good story doesn't unfold the way it does. Probably. That's my, Probably. That's, 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 and that's yeah. my argument with Lockdown. I've had Movlid yeah. ranked for a while. That's what, is yeah. the thing. I, but certainly before Brendan. I have less was. of an issue yeah. with Movlid because of what he's done beyond this. But Brendan, I feel like Brendan is being rewarded because everyone still feels like everyone is still holding a grudge against Dana White for not signing him for the contender series for the dumbest reason ever. And then he goes on and has this career in the PFL and he has, this, he had, he had a good run this year. He did four fights, four wins. Good for him. But any of those four wins, did any of those four wins beat, let's just say hypothetically, uh, you can sit here and say he's not the greatest guy in the world. Sure. But like Bryce Mitchell beating Edson Barbosa is better than any win. Brendan Lochnane has on his resume. Any, there's not a single win on his resume is better than that. Uh, and that's where I'm getting at. When you look at his, you're looking at the feel good story of 2022, four wins in a row. Good for him. He already won. He doesn't need the ranking to go with it, though. This this is going to be controversial, and I'm going to regret it as soon as I say it. I think Bubba and Chris Wade are on the They're, level of a Darren Elkins at this point in their careers. Yes, I don't think that's, that's not, controversial. Is that, is that, is that, is that, that's not a percent true. Okay, okay, okay. 
So nigga, if that's if that's twenty five ish, thirty ish guys. Sure. If that and, and so if that's okay. Jonathan Pierce's biggest win, he's on an awesome streak. I, I have no problem with Jonathan Pierce being fifteen, but I think like <laughs> like Brendan has a strong case. If we're going by like strongest win, it's like you know if you're going by Derek Nelkins. Like I think like those two wins for Brendan were pretty good. But I mean, even look at look at Aaron Pico. Like solid talent. Like tons of potentials. No doubt about it. It's there. Like he beat Justin Gonzalez, who. I mean, that's, that's an okay win. He beat Adley Edwards, Aiden Lee, John DeJesus, Solo Hadley Jr., Daniel Carey. Like, those are his wins. And then he fights Jeremy Kennedy. I know it was an unfortunate ending, but guess what? He was losing that fight until the shoulder injury. He was losing. He lost <laughs> no, the first round. It, he, he lost the first round. Yeah, because he lost the shoulder at least injury. does he have wins over people with Wikipedia yeah, yeah. pages is what yeah. Mike's getting at. <laughs> yes, right. And, like, if... You, <laughs> Jeremy Kennedy being ranked higher than Aaron Pico. Like I would not have an issue with that. I would not have an issue with that. I so I don't really have an issue with anybody's rankings yeah, in the like, like, 12 I, to 15 spot. Yeah, that, that that's sort of where I come from. Like the 12 to 15. Let me be clear. I yeah. am nitpicking because like I said, I didn't really see. I was like, yeah. I was blown away yeah. outside of a certain Tony Ferguson ranking. I really didn't see a lot that I was like, this is just egregiously wrong. But I still was like, Listen. I just, again, <laughs> I feel like. <laughs> I think we can all agree. Hold on. I think we can all agree. That having Olivia Oben Mercier ranked ahead of Tony Ferguson is insane, right, guys? Come on, we all think. Come on, Shaheen, how dare you? How dare you put him one, one spot? You still have Tony ranked, and you put OAM one spot right above him. Just oh, just just love it. What a, I would say, okay. rude. Here, to be clear, I would, put, I would probably put OAM ahead of Tony Ferguson right now. So I will say, I will say that. <laughs> no, David, you took the wrong point from what I was saying. Come on. This raises a question that isn't, this isn't a grievance, but I do just have a question which I never thought of until you were just talking, Damon. Uh, It's for you, Casey. Casey, as we've mentioned, you're a pretty pro Bellator guy. You've got a lot of, you don't give them the Bellator bump down that the rest of us allegedly do. (laughs) Not seeing a lot of a PFL bump up from you either. Is there a specific reason for that? Or is that just kind of how it... This is just me genuinely asking, not like a, not only not only like an accusation. Bump, there's not like a one bump either. There's no there's no other outside no, that's promotion. That's what Jed does. Bump. That's well, a Jed's a one bumper. Jed's a one bumper. One, all of us give the one <laughs> bump. You know, we all love DJ at one. But yeah, yeah, I just hadn't thought about it. But like, is there a reason, or is it just sort of how it's worked out for you? Uh, PFL is just the number three. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> you heard it here folks pfl <laughs> shots fired yeah um <laughs> the cage isn't as smart as they say they say oh no okay okay casey casey come back at me come back at me we again we need a whole smart cage out of this i'm gonna move on before any more violence gets enacted because that's just we're over the line i feel ill right now we need to take a quick break oh we'll be right back Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S., and visit bellator.com slash watch for information on how to watch around the world. 
This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Bay fight here in the US, so make sure you don't miss it. What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, y'all, we're back. Uh, everyone still has their job so far. So that's a, that means this has been a success. There's no one's gotten fired yet. That's all we're asking for. Low bar here. Uh, so let's keep it going. Um, I, I'll, I'll take this next one. Uh, and I thought I really wanted to kind of come in and do a y'all need to have the Colby Coverton conversation again. But I've already done this like three different times. So I, I just let it be known. Y'all are That's on my ranking. list. So I'm with you. Okay. One of my lists is like all of us should be shamed, shamed for what's happening. Not all of us. There are some of us that are not, but I'll leave that to it. I'll, I'll, for mine, though, my first one, I'll, I'll single out someone who I have great respect for. Um, Casey, you're, you're a dear friend. I've worked with you for a very long time. You're the best in the world at what you do, and you could kick my ass. And you've you've you have kicked my ass. Yeah, we yeah. have rolled before, and you have thoroughly demolished <laughs> me. Like I get it. Um, I have immense respect for you. But what you're doing at bantamweight right now okay. is really baffling to me. And I just want to single in on one guy. But although I could I could take issue with a couple of things. But Cheeto Vera at number twelve. <laughs> When this man is at most one fight away from a title and definitely like a top five guy at number 12 for Cheeto Vera feels crazy to me. And I just want to hear you explain how you got here because everybody else on the website has him top six at worst. Mike has him at number two. Cheeto to me is a bit of a feel good story, but as far as rankings, I just the OAM of bantamweight, as it were. Yeah, I, um, <laughs> if O'Malley didn't look so dang good against Peter Yan, I still have and I have O'Malley, I have Yan ranked above O'Malley because I thought Yan won that fight. But um, yeah, sorry, I'm trying to. I I mean I'm, I'm looking at everyone above Vera, and I would still pick. Um, Vera to lose to everyone I have above him. That's pretty much the issue. Even o- you beat O'Malley, not, though. not casting aspersions, even O'Malley. And th- that was that, that was I mentioned though, because O'Malley looked pretty dang good against Peter Yan, and I thought O'Malley was going to get smoked. And that's and that would have been the one. Oh yeah, he would definitely be O'Malley, but I don't know anymore about Sean O'Malley. Actually, I was just say that I didn't think O'Malley beat Yan, okay. but I wouldn't think Vera would beat Yan either. So, so, so like Horaguchi, yeah, Patchy yeah, Mix, yeah, John Lineker, Song Yadong, all these guys you think. I was like, Song technically did win a split decision over again, controversial, but and, he and did I win had a split Song decision over him. Originally, I, I know it was controversial, and you know, everyone's like, oh, and a featherweight. But I mean, that, but that was when yeah, all, that, that was when the ran, but that was when the uh, bantamweights were randomly taking featherweight fights. I mean, okay. I don't cons- I don't consider that I don't classify that a featherweight fight by like anything it's other a one than one featherweight fight, Mike. There you go. There you go. Yeah. I have a much I have a, <laughs> much, I have a much bigger issue that you have you have Marab Dwalishvili ranked below uh, Kyoji Horiguchi. That one is one that I'm still buzzing no. about. <laughs> 
We all have Marab too high. Get him out of the rankings for what he did to Joe <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I mean, this is what no, I mean. I mean what, 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 like, it seems like we have some hate on Horiguchi, and I have no issue of Horiguchi being that high. He lost it's to... Just, the Bellator bump on your Bantamweight rankings is just really interesting to me because you have your top four is UFC, and then five through eight is Patchy Mix, Stotts, Horiguchi, Nurmagomedov. Yeah. I don't have any issues with you, actually, Casey. As a I can't. Over, I Vera's, can't, yeah. Vera's pretty low, which feels wrong, but it, when you it, explain it, it, it it's wrong, not but, awful. Like, but, I, I mean, Vera's I resume, too, doesn't. I mean... Yeah, I, I, I can understand it. I, I don't agree with it, but I, I can understand it, and I think I have most of the same people ranked. I have similar Bellator action, you know, different places, but actually I'm not hugely against... What you've got going on. I do think that it's interesting that Corey Sandhagen is above O'Malley because even if you think O'Malley lost to Jan, he did not lose by a great margin. <laughs> it was not a very well, big think, margin. Uh, for Sandhagen to exist in between that is interesting, but overall, I'm actually cool with your list. But I mean, like, what about what does, does Horiguchi go in two and three in his last five bantamweight fights not matter at all? Like, does that not. I know he's no Jason Reinhardt. <laughs> but you know? I mean, I like Kyoji. Obviously, he was winning the Sergio Pettis fight. He got knocked out again. It is what it is. And I don't think the Apache makes losses particularly bad. Uh, but Kaya Sakura, like, yes, he avenged that loss. But where would, I mean, Kaya Sakura is nowhere near a top 15 bantamweight. And that was a knockout. I think, he is a top, I think he is near a top 15 bantamweight. Uh, but I think he's close. I will say, too, amongst yeah, your he, whole bantamweight Bellator thing you have going on, you don't even have the champ there i'm assuming that's because he's injured right oh he's injured yeah you have no sergio pettis though but he beat horiguchi like i I took him out because he's injured i took him out because he's injured he's allowed to do that he's allowed to do that he's been out for for a year now because it means adrian yanez gets another vote and we need more adrian yanez in our i don't want to have a guy at my top five that's going to be there for 18 months who i know is not going to fight so yeah he's out yanez is in so that would that would be why that's why. Fair enough. I just love Cheeto Vera, so that one surprised yeah. me. Uh, it is surprising. Up. But when you talk it through, I understand. Yeah. And I love Cheeto Vera. And, and he's kind of like, like when I, when I mentioned the Carmouche, I get it. Carmouche is boring. No one no one gets excited to watch Carmouche fights. And Vera is the exact opposite. You know, Cheeto Vera is incredibly exciting to watch. And I and I trust me, I want to put him higher. And I, I, want, I want to see Cheeto Vera fight more often do I, than I want to see, you know, uh, you know, I don't know whoever's. No, actually, I want to see everyone fight. Then, then the Marab fight. You know, you're an equal but, opportunist. Yeah, Casey. If um, if I mean, it's we're a month plus away. But if Vera goes out there and decisively beats Corey Sandhagen, where are you going to rank him? Oh, is he, he top, does that? Is he number yeah, three? He's, yeah, he'll be top. He'll he'll replace Sandhagen. He'll be he'll be behind Jan pretty much. Okay, be start, certainly yeah, Jan Vera. Vera just needs that fight. He needs that fight, and that's the next. That's the fight. Yeah. The door is open. The door is open. Absolutely. There we go. Uh, next up, Mr. Mishu. Hit us. Oh, man. Well, I may have just found another one, but I'm going to go with... <laughs> I don't think this... I'm sure we have spoken about this, though I can't remember. We've done a lot of similar things. Casey, I don't want to pick on you, but we Seems have like to come it. back to you. And, and at this point, I'm accepting yeah. of it. I know that it happens. I'm not accepting of it. I hate it. But I just want to throw it out there for the listeners to understand how the rankings go. It's a point total system. You get points for how you're ranked on each of our scorecards. You add them up. There you go. And some discerning 
people may look at the men's pound for pound rankings and go Volkanovski number one, Makachev number two. Okay. It's probably maybe some might even think that's high for Makachev. Totally okay. Leon Edwards, number three. Interesting, but they're giving him a big boom. Francis Ngannou, number four. Shocking. But if it gets more interesting because if you go, if you are privy to this document with the exact point totals, you can look at the rankings. You can look at the scores. Francis Ngannou has 129 points. Leon Edwards, 135. Not a big gap. And in fact, that gap is entirely due to Casey not ranking Francis Ngannou at all in the pound for pound. In fact, if you look at our pound for pound rankings, everybody else, the lowest anybody has him, I think is four. But for Casey, who doesn't have him ranked at all. If you just gave him a top five ranking, he is the number two pound-for-pound pound fighter in the world mm-hmm. in front of Islam Makachev, according to our scoring system, and you can't, and you don't have him ranked at all. And it, I understand you're fundamentally against heavyweights, but you have Vadim Nimkov ranked in the top twenty. Nimkov, who has less top ten wins in his division, and if you're looking at women's pound-for-pound, pound, you have both Harrison and Pacheco ranked in the, in a division that you say isn't real. Men's heavyweight is shit, but it is a real division, and this man can't even get a 20, not even a 20 from you, Casey. What are we doing, man? What are we doing? I've never heard his voice get that high before. I've never heard. That was scary. That's, That's I true. I did not realize that you were single-handedly yeah. holding Francis yeah, from just, not being I've, 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 weirdly, I've, weirdly, I've weirdly got your back on this. Not not like yeah. just as a devil's yeah. advocate. Like literally, I will play devil's advocate. But obviously, you know, let's you know give your give your take on this. Well, first. go back to the women's. Pacheco and Harrison are both forty-fivers who fight at fifty-five, and we forty-five is, that a real is division? somewhat of a realish er <laughs> division in fifty-five. <laughs> So I'll, that's my only excuse for that. And I don't mind. Ta- I don't mind taking them out completely, but I, I might have gotten some nasty messages like, "Hey, where's Harrison?" All I'm saying is, if you even had this man in the top ten, he'd be the number two pound for pound fighter in our rankings. Even in the top ten, if he's in basically you know, the top twenty, he's number three in front of Leon Edwards. I, I, I just take pound for pound very literal, I guess. And like, and since he's a guy that cuts to 265, maybe if he was doing all this and weighing 245, he would make it. I don't know. Um, I just, I, I don't, I don't really believe in what, I don't really believe in pound for pound rankings. <laughs> and um, yeah, so I don't put heavyweights up there. Maybe if he was a 245 or 240, I would like, oh, okay. You know, he's a more of a pound for pound ranking. Maybe that's why I had like Fedor so high because Fedor essentially is a, a fat 205er fighting a heavyweight. And, you know, when Fedor was in his prime, of course. Um, and that's pretty much it. You know, France, why, France why? is just too jacked. He's too, <laughs> too jacked. Yeah. He's just too jacked. Um, so what if he was what if he was fat? If he was not jacked oh, 265, like, but he was Parker Porter, <laughs> Parker Porter doing 265. the things he was doing, he'd be number one. His was Roy Nelson, we would have him higher. <laughs> yeah. He would be higher. No, no. Roy Nelson had a muscle belly. Parker Porter is just sweet. <laughs> his name is he, he sounds like his name. Parker so, Porter. Uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> if you, you know How what? Dare you? Just as an as an aside, way. if you if you told we should find a sketch artist and we should just say Parker Porter, draw what you think this person looks like, and I get you. I bet you they would come within within like ninety five percent of like of, of getting it right. Yeah, exactly. Maybe you get like like basic things like oh he's like American like where he's from and that's it. But like no 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 description of his physical appearance. If you just tell him would, Parker Porter, he's yeah. gonna know he's American. Know. <laughs> it's not a freaking yes, French dude named Parker. Porter. It could, be a, it could be a Canadian guy. But yes, uh, you, you you could draw him based on his name is what we're saying. You could draw a reasonable sketch of Parker Porter based on his name. I'm not sure how this became a roast of Parker Porter. But <laughs> it's not an yeah. insult. Guys, it's not an insult. Parker Porter looks great. Whoa, 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 whoa. I just said he has a... He has a distinct look, but he looks great. I would even argue, like heavyweight. I know this might be a bit of a controversial take, but I would argue heavyweight. Even though heavyweight is, you know, not the deepest division, I would still take heavyweight as a better division than light heavyweight. And light heavyweight has a lot of people. Like you know, when you look at light heavyweight people, like we still have a lot of light heavyweight people ranked in those in the power for power rankings. And light heavyweight is a barren wasteland beyond like the top four or five. Like I think heavyweight's actually deeper than light heavyweight. Yeah. Mm. Honestly, like the the heavyweight top four and even five, if you want to throw Aspinall, because I know we all think highly of him. Like the heavyweight top ranks is pretty talented right now. Like the, the between Gon and Ganu Pavlovich and Blades, like that's a really solid. Thing. You guys are you guys are going to be ranking. I'm telling you right now, you guys will be ranking Pavlovich this way next year. That dude's a monster. I love Pavlovich. That's a dude I'm real high on. And we got and John Jones. Hopefully, we'll be coming back, so he'll probably enter <laughs> the ring. Oh, oh my! Your first year in MMA, and, 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 and Dylan Dennis is fighting. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you guys! <laughs> you guys! That's all. Like heavyweight, sneaky good, and to be the the, the king over that division. Yeah, like, like J- that feels Johnson like that Almeida is coming in a heavyweight. That's another guy that's coming up. Like heavyweight's not bad. It's not as bad as it's not as bad as light heavyweight. I tell you that much for sure. Heavyweight yeah. is certainly better than it I used to be. I fully expect Joe Almeida to be in my pound for pound ranking. Next you, year. you also love fighters who actually compete in two divisions. We should say people can't. People can't. Yeah. We, we don't post all our individual lists, so people don't see cases individual lists from month to month. But Jessica Andrade is another one who's high on your list, and um, you do give credit for literal, like getting to see someone compete pound for pound against other yeah. other fighters. And, so and, you do, and, and that's yeah. not that's not fair exactly because uh because of the promotion they may be with just isn't yep. allowing them to fight right, multiple right. promotions. So I, I understand that's not fair. But um, yeah, I do put I do put more weight in that. Mm-hmm. Okay, so sure. let me throw this. We can end on this because I already knew a lot of this. What if Dana White comes out and is like, "We're going to open up a super heavyweight division," and then Nganu obviously wins the title at this fake weight class? Does that do anything for you in the pound for pound discussion? Well, I mean, the, yeah, the I don't know. I don't know how he's going to get my Parker Porter super heavyweight, but uh, <laughs> right, yeah. the weight happen. cut is the only thing holding Parker Porter back. <laughs> Come on, yeah, uh, that's Zulu, Zulu Zinho is going to get brought in. Like that's a whole. I'm not even sure that Ngannou can even win that division. Like, come on now. Now you're now you're really. I'll, I'll, I'll give you. I'll give you. I I could have. I should have probably put Ngannou in that night that eighteen nineteen twenty spot. I, I just want I the respect for him. Okay. That's all I'm yeah. asking. Just just give the man his due and proper. All right. All right. Well, let's uh, keep it moving. Start where we'll get back to uh, where we started now with Mr. AK, the Prince of Positivity. This is almost more of a call out. This is like a so I I I, I Jed I you've been listen you've been how long do you know I knew how it was coming I'm ready yeah, for no it. do you know do you know when, like when did you how you had Hamza at the number one 
Oh, that just happened with Edwards, right? Edwards won, and then that made Hansa number one, right? That well, so the way you describe it is not entirely accurate, uh, but yes, fundamentally, Edwards sure. won. Usman dropped, uh, so Usman drops to three, and Hamzat number one. Mike, you also dropped Usman behind Hamzat. Uh, I found this incredibly disrespectful uh, on both accounts. <laughs> Jet, Jet, I'll say first, like this is also my, by the way, uh, your your Islam victory lap. Uh, is completely undeserved. Um, so let's get that what? out of the way first. Completely undeserved. <laughs> what do you mean? You, you did everything in your power to not put Charles Oliveira number one for the longest time. So you were wrong. Yeah, because he wasn't the best dude. Okay, that's fine. You had Dustin, you, you put Dustin Poirier above him. You were wrong. You had Justin Gaethje above him. You were wrong. And now you were right one out of the three times. And then it's suddenly like, I called it. I told everyone Charles Oliveira was the, you were wrong way more than you were right. And I'm, and this, I bring this up because I'm saying with Hamzat, you may be jumping the gun again. Now, I I have certainly been on the Hamzat as a future champion bandwagon, but it it that took a hit for me after the, you know, whatever he did to that last pay-per-view with the egregious weight miss. I feel like there has to be some sort of penalty. And instead, he has moved to number one in your rankings uh, for a, a weird 190-pound fight against like Kevin Holland. Like this is this is strange to me. So then now now to off of that, now he is your number one. I understand. I'm not even saying you're wrong here. Okay. I'm willing to to say that maybe I should have not picked this fight. You couldn't give Leon you know, his due. You couldn't let Leon have this. Let you couldn't Leon let Leon have it. That's the thing. You couldn't you let him be the unanimous, the unanimous well, number one pick. That's the truth, is what is what Shaheen said. I just couldn't let him have it because <laughs> I don't want to live in a world where Leon Edwards is the best welterweight, and y'all shouldn't want to live there either. That oh, is no. the KO of the year, undeniably the KO of the year. Hell, maybe the KO of the decade. Everything, uh, the circumstances, it was moving. It's inspirational. The the speech, all of it, it's dramatic and impressive. But this man was getting ragdolled. For the first, you know, well, I guess he won the first five, but then 15 minutes. I don't want to live. If he had come out and delivered that head kick in the first round, Leon Edwards would be my number one. Would have been it. That would have been enough. But him pulling out a win, and I am not, there's no caveat to that. There is no, it was a fluke or lucky. He threw the kick. He set it up. He did the damn thing. I'm going to pick him when they rematch. But the way he did it, I can't. He needed to be bulletproof because he was behind Chemaev before that fight. And that his performance was not good enough to make me think that if he fought Chemaev, things might go different. It's like, well, I still think Chemaev will make weight. He missed one time. I know we argued at the point. A lot of people have different thoughts. I'm willing to give a one-time pass on weight blowing before we start to have the discussion on whether he can do it or not. And if they fought tomorrow... He's going to be a minus 500 favorite. And and when they actually fight, we're going to be like, shit, we should have bet a lot more money on that minus 500 because he's minus 1,000. Uh, maybe I'm wrong. You're not wrong, AK. I was incorrect about Dustin Poirier and Justin Gaethje, though I will defend myself by saying... <laughs> Both of those fighters dropped him. He just suddenly is good at, at taking punches, which he hadn't been for the whole of his career before that. I'm sorry I misevaluated that one. Maybe I've done wrong here. I, sh I didn't need to pick this fight. I wanted to. I chose this fight.
because I don't want to live in a world where Leon Edwards is the best welterweight because I talk too much shit about him over my career <laughs> to then accept that I, that he's the best. What would that that would make me wrong? And I don't I'm not going to be wrong in this one. Mike, Mike, do you want to apologize to Kamaru Usman at all? No, I don't because okay. I think all right. I'm, I'm look. I, I get the weight miss, I get the penalty and all that stuff, but. This guy's a wrecking ball and all signs seem to be indicating and who knows if this actually happens that they're going to give him another shot at 170, maybe against Colby, maybe against somebody else. I don't know, but I'm picking Hamzat against anybody that they throw him in there with against Usman against Leon. Like Jed said, that line is going to be off the charts for Hamzat Shemaev. I'm just, I'm a believer in his talent right now. And I think Usman I think he kind of has a foot out the door, if you will. I don't think he's got a lot of legs left. I think we've he's hit his ceiling, and Shemaev is just climbing a ladder that continues to expand, and it's just going to get taller and taller all by itself, and he's going to continue to climb it at a pretty ferocious pace. So, yeah, maybe there's a little bit of uh, you know potential bias here, but... I stand by the number two spot. I love potential bias. Harsh, I, I live with potential what bias. What have you done for us lately, be. Kamaru? What have you done for us lately? Eh? He's beaten Colby Covington. That's mostly <laughs> what he's done lately. And Jorge Masvidal. So not a lot God. is actually the answer. God. One year you're fighter of the year. You get knocked out of the year. The next you're just getting ripped to shreds. The next year you're getting knocked out of the year. Just look, no hey, if I'm wrong, Edwards better watch I will out this come year. on this Edwards. show. I will come on this show and you can just have at me. But until I am definitively proven incorrect by Hamza Chemayev vacating the division or getting knocked out by Leon Edwards, I'm standing on my corner. All right. On that note, Mike. What you got for us? Okay, so he's really not here to defend himself, but I feel at this point, especially with what we learned about my first call-out and my first grievance, I got to call out Stephen Morocco, even though he's not here to defend himself, because first of all, he actually has Tony Ferguson ranked higher in his rankings than AK has in his, and it's lucky for him that he's not here. I was like, it can't really get much worse. Like, you can't push that, you can't push that ball downhill any faster. And then I looked at his middleweight rankings, and I said to myself, you know what? I'm drop kicking this thing down the hill because Calvin Gastelum is in his rankings. Mike, what? did you read my notes beforehand? We have the exact same stuff. How, how is this possible? Like, how is this possible? Now, look, this could all be for naught in a week and a half because maybe there is a world, and I don't think we're living in it, that Calvin Gastelum beats Nasruddin Imabov, but I would be stunned. I'd probably be just as surprised if Dylan Dan has fought in 2023 if Calvin Gastelum beat Nasruddin Imabov. I think it's going to be a really horrible night for him. But he's 1-5 over his last six. This man does not deserve a middleweight ranking. He's 3-6 and six over his last nine. And I had to look this up because I had to remember this. The three wins are against Michael Bisbing, who three weeks prior not got icon. finished by George St. Pierre and was retiring anyways. Then he, he wins a split decision over, over Jacare, which most people felt he didn't deserve. Whether you scored it a draw or you scored it the other way, most people did not score that for Kelvin Gaslam. And his other win was against Ian Heinish, who is one in four in his last five. Like, that's literally his resume right now. And yes, I think this is the Tom Coughlin syndrome, where Tom Coughlin beat the Patriots in the Super Bowl, and we're like, this guy could go one in 15 for the next eight seasons, and he'll still have a job. 
but he sucks as a coach. And I feel like that's where we're at with Calvin Gaslam, where we just, we hold the Izzy fight and that performance and him being so competitive in such high regard that we, and I think that's probably where Steven's coming from here, but he doesn't even have Jack Hermanson ranked. Like I don't have Jack Hermanson ranked either, but it's much more less egregious to have Jack Hermanson ranked because he at least tapped Gaslam in just over a minute. How this guy is in anybody's top 15 right now is just unbelievable. So Steven, I love you. You've done a lot for my writing, but this is just bad. Like Tony Ferguson at seven and then Kevin Gaslam anywhere in a top 15 in a global ranking system is just bad. So gavel slammed. I'm done. I think that's fair. I think that was all very fair. I did exact same one, Mike. So <laughs> props. You Cheers. and I did same list of stuff, apparently. Is anyone, is anyone going to jump in to defend Steven's ranking? I said I would be Steven's I'm advocate. Not. And okay, also, yeah. I'm in a position to do this because I think as of two months ago, I also had Gaslam still in there. I, you you were the like last holdout yeah. among oh, us. I thought yeah. it was last holdout. And then <laughs> Steven, Steven's in there with me. Um, yeah, I had Gaslam somewhere like 12, 13. For, for all the reasons that we mentioned, like, oh, he beat, you know, a former UFC middleweight champion but like we said under pretty dubious circumstances uh the darren till win. uh sorry no, he lost darren till which is why i also had him and darren till in the rankings way too long both of them i finally took them both out like this in the same month um so yeah i i think it's the same thinking behind the same flawless logic behind having uh i don't know we've talked about so many ranks today let's uh tony ferguson number eight for example um you know he hasn't lost you know he i guess he hasn't lost to uh, people ranked behind him. I think the Hermanson thing being taken out was not a mistake, but like I think because Delizze beat him, he just wanted to put in Delizze and 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 uh, just bump Hermanson out. I don't know. So that's there's a bit of a math problem there. Uh, but but I think the reasoning is just yeah, strength of resume. Um, but yeah, his inability to even get into the cage, much less win fights, uh, much less much less win. Excuse me, notable fights. It's that's that's about as far as I can defend it. It's not it's not great. It's not great. Even I, 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 I wish Stephen was you here. Being an advocate, <laughs> no, no, because I, I think the strength of schedule. Like I, like I said, I had him in there for a long time, uh, because of you know whatever those some of those wins in the past, like putting him to the top fifteen. And I think as you can let's, see, let's be honest, it's not the wins in the past; it's the loss to Izzy. Izzy. That is really that yeah. is, exactly That's right. His best sure. performance is the loss to. Izzy. Sure. He hasn't so beat we'll a ranked guy in five years. Like uh-huh. I don't think Heinish was ranked when you beat him. I think he was like you just outside what? the top fifteen. So he needs I mean, to fight Donald Cerrone, and then, yeah. then the ranking is deserved. <laughs> then the, there you go. And, uh, only Cerrone please. looks like a midway right now, so there That's you true. go. We can make that happen. He might not beat him. That's my concern. On a side note, since you mentioned it, Mike, did you know that Ian Heinish went to prison? I don't know if you guys knew that or not. I just want to throw that out there. All right. No way. Okay. <laughs> he did. Real quick, how did Stephen bump up Gasolum from November to December? <laughs> That's a great question, Casey. <laughs> he went up. He went up a spot. He rem- he removed. So, two- somebody got dropped. Hermanson. Yeah, maybe? Hermanson. Yeah. He okay, removed so Hermanson. Tapped him in like a mess. That's tough. And here's, just, uh, here's what else. That's a tough look. More than any bad thing that said. Right, he's not Hermanson here. Yeah, he's not so here to defend himself. So yeah. it's just the, it has we'll been noted. Going. It has been noted. Sorry. Been noted. Yes. I think he did an. Um, I think he did an admiral job trying to uh, to take his back, uh, AK. But yeah, yeah. Casey just. Yeah, Casey just kind of slammed the door shut and threw the deadbolts on him. So <laughs> we love you, Stephen. We love uh, you. Oh, we do. All right. Casey, uh, you have a second one for us? 
No, no, I'm no. I, I, <laughs> hey, like yeah. I said, this peace, is uh, peace, love, and harmony. Yeah. 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 Why? Um, don't force him. You're here for the show. I've got, I've yeah. got, I've got yeah. one. If you want to go and if you want to, I, I just, I noticed this. I just, I don't know. I thought it was a mistake. <laughs> so I was looking at the rankings when you brought up Hamza Chemayev, and I was like, okay, okay, yeah, because I got Chemayev at number four. I probably should have him ahead of Covington, if I'm being honest. Um, I was looking. I was like, okay, okay, this is. That looked. Jed Mishu, I love you, buddy. You know I do. Even though, <laughs> even though your Georgia Bulldogs beat the Ohio I'm State excited. University, it was an incredible game. I was just glad Ohio State kept it close, and it wasn't like a thirty-point blowout. Uh, I'm a little upset there, but how? What in God's green earth? How do you have Jake Matthews ranked as a top ten welterweight right now? Oh, oh, that's and easy. You had him ranked, I have an answer you had him, for this you had him ranked last month. He just got worked by Matthew Simmelsberger. Where is Simmelsberger in your rankings? <laughs> No, he did it is the thing because these uh, rankings came out after okay, the pay-per-view okay. before the Simmelsberger. A thousand percent good guess. He will be exiting these rankings. Again, I got you stuck him in there as a joke. Honestly, I thought it was like, okay, he just did this as a joke to see who would notice, but then I look back, you had him ranked in November too. And listen. Do I hold a bit of a grudge against Jake Matthews as one of the only fighters who has me blocked on Twitter for some reason? I have no idea why. Maybe. Maybe. But his, his, I mean, his best win, uh, yeah, he has a win over Andre Fiala. That's a good win. I'll give you that one. That's a quality win. But He tricked me yeah, with okay. that one. But Diego Sanchez, Emil Meek, like, and, he, and, he's, and he's, he's, three, he's four and three in his last seven, like, or whatever. I just, I don't know. That was one that caught my eye, and I was like, was this a mistake? Did you mean, like, somebody else? Did you mean, like, you know, another fighter. Jason. Like, like, <laughs> Jason. <laughs> if I if I can come to the defense of Jed here quickly, uh, look, I think both Jed and I got very we excited did. and wrapped up in this whole Jake Matthews figured it out type of dialogue <laughs> after the Fialo fight. Uh, we were both very impressed by that. I think we maybe got a little too excited. All right, that's, that's what I did the same thing. He's, same he's still only twenty five, and I was like, oh, he's done it. He's turned the corner. Now he just because he steamrolled Fialo, who's you know a top twenty five ish guy. And I was all in, and then uh, the Simmel's burger was just awful. Just <laughs> so bad. Like I was gonna return. I didn't have him. I was gonna. I was gonna return to my old favorite for the folks who still have Michael Venom Page ranked. But yeah, I was. I saw. I saw Jake Matthews in there, and I was like, like, was this a mistake? Like, did you mean? Like, did out. you mean somebody else? You just accidentally put Jake Matthews in the top ten in the welterweight division. I'm just curious. <laughs> No, I when I was looking over, I was like, I too looked at this and was like, Jake Matthews. I was like, Oh, that's me. Oh, and that's when I went and was like, I didn't keep him in after the loss. That's when I figured out that oh, we haven't done rankings since that fight. So it's like, okay, that's I, I honestly, I swear, I thought, I, even if it's I thought you bad. were trolling us and like just having fun to see who would notice. And then I looked in November and he was ranked there too, and I was like, What is going on here? Why is Jake Matthews in anyone's top fifteen right now? Look, there was a Jake Matthews moment. Maybe you weren't <laughs> part of it, but you were, there was a moment. I'll take, I'll take, Jake, I'll take Jake Matthews over Brendan Lochnane, though. I'll give you that one. <laughs> wow. Uh, the I'll, 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 we're all pointed at Jed right now. I'm going to keep the train moving. <laughs> <laughs> pointed at Jed right now. I, I don't know what other one. ones I have, so I knew those oh, were I, coming. See, I, the, the frustrating thing about this one, like I'm frustrated ahead of time and I haven't even said it yet because I know what you're going to say. I'm so excited. Like, I, like I know the exact reasoning that you're going to give me and it's just going to make me mad. But look, I understand you have a problem with what's going on with, what, with what's going on at lightweight generally. 
I also have a problem with what's going on at lightweight generally. The old guys are squatting on rankings. It's very unfair. There's a lot of young talent in this division that we all think are probably better than some of these older guys. That does not mean that Dustin Poirier is the number seven lightweight in the world. That is absolutely ridiculous. You, that's an overcompensation for the narrative that I think both of us are trying to drive, and no one else on this website has him even close to that low except for you. Fight people that aren't Michael Chandler, who sucks. <laughs> that's it. It's just... God, I knew this. I knew this. <laughs> I'm not here to tell you that Dustin Poirier isn't great. I'm here to tell you that if he fought as Zamakachev or Charles Oliveira or Benil Dariush or Matush Gamrat or Armin Sarukian or Rafael Fazeev, they'd all beat him. Feel really good about that. That's it. Frankly, I might have him too high because I might just not be giving <laughs> Jalen Turner the credit he deserves. I haven't quite figured out what I what I feel about the Tarantula right now. Or Grant Dawson. We got a bunch of hot shit young dudes coming up at 155. Demir Ismagulov may or may not be retiring. Probably beats Dustin Poirier if they fought. It's look, I Poirier is great. I will always watch him fight. Love watching him fight. He's probably going to get a title fight before most of the people have ranked above him just because of the name value. But he lost to Charles Oliveira, as AK said. We aren't we aren't giving people props for their losses. Uh, his wins, Conor McGregor. Not super relevant to kind of relevant, true, not relevant to rankings, very relevant writ large, not for the rankings. Don't give a shit about beating Conor McGregor in 2021 does not matter to me. Justin Gaethje is his best recent win. Probably unless somebody else has something that I am, you know, they want to make the argument for those other ones. And that was still a long time ago. And I have Gaethje behind him. Look, I get why you have them up there, but I'm done with it. I'm done with the squatters, man. <laughs> fight people that don't fight the same four dudes who are all old. Fight the new guys, and then we can reassess you. Credit to Benil Dariush. This is what happens. Benny Dariush was like 10 in my rankings. Then he's just like, I'll fight Gamrot. F it. Beats Gamrot. Now he's three. That's how you get rewarded. You fight the guys on the come up. Hold your spot down instead of round robining it with the same four old. Men. Can I? Can I? Can I back up Jed here real quick? Because I actually have poor A ring much higher. But I'm going to back up Jed here for one second because I agree with both of you guys about squatting on the rankings. But here's one thing that I'm about. Dustin Poirier is about to plummet in my next rankings, and here's why. He had a chance to basically get a number one contenders fight against Benil Dariush, and he said, uh, Benil's not really, that doesn't really get me excited. Doesn't really, not, not, real, not really interested. So what are you interested in? If you're not interested in ben, Benny Dariush, who's on a freaking run right now, who looked incredible against Matush Gamera, your teammate, by the way, uh, and you don't find interest in that fight. So what are you interested in? Like what, what is good? So that right there, like that statement in and of itself made me want to drop him to like number 10 in the rankings because that is ridiculous. Like you, you're not going to fight Benil Dariush because you don't find him interesting enough or he's not a big enough name. Cause if that's what it's all about, it's just about big names. Go fight Connor for an eighth time. I'm, I'm, I have no problem with that. Make a million dollars, make $10 million. I, zero, I have zero problem. If he just continuously fights Connor McGregor from now until doomsday and they both clean up on money. I'm fine. He wants to fight Nate Diaz. Go clean up, make that money. You turn down Benny Dariush, the guy who's actually on a run who could get you a title shot. Maybe you just don't want to fight Islam Makachev. I understand that. But Benny Dariush wants to fight Islam Makachev. He had to fight. He wants that fight. He desperately wants that fight. He may lose, but he's calling for it. You had a chance to fight him and you didn't? Like, that's going to, I'm seriously, like, I'm with Jed on this one. I may drop him like five spots in the next rankings.
Yes. We tell the squatters. This is not the here's, result I wanted. Here's what I I'm the Prince of Positivity, but for 2023, I would like to see us factor in spite more <laughs> into the equation. <laughs> it's not a, it's already too much. Yes, I will But Jed, tell me that doesn't like and you're and again, I'm not making your argument for you, but tell me that does like if he had gone and fought Benny Darius, then you'd have a different reason to rank Poirier. But he, he's basically saying I'm turning down that fight because it's not a big enough name. Whereas Benny is but, he even acted like he Benil, wanted to Benil fight did not, like, but Neil Darius on a win streak did not have to fight Matush Gamrock he didn't like he that was not a fight that was going to necessarily get him closer to a title but he took it and he won he looked great in that fight and Matush Gamrock was on a run he just beat Armin Saruki one of the best fights of the year all those kind of things you turn that fight down I'm basically counting that as a loss on your record that's how I'm doing the next rankings you turn it down you say you're not interested you're getting that. dropped I love that energy I'm not going to count it as a loss but it is <laughs> It's that, you know, I understand the business decision and that's fine. You make your business decision. I'm going to make my <laughs> rankings decision. And that's, that's just how it's going to be. Cause you, you can fight these other dudes, but you, the fact that he isn't interested is so damning too, because again, I understand it. But what that tells me is that Dustin Poirier's next fight is not going to be relevant or, I mean, it'll be, it'll be important, but he is not going to fight. Armand Sarukian or Rafael Fazeev, his next fight is going to be Conor McGregor or whatever. Why am I holding him in the almost same spot that, frankly, AK has Tony Ferguson ranked at <laughs> when he's not going to fight a dude who's ranked like this? I I have made my stand. Give me the young blood. Give me the people who are trying to make it happen. And you might just be convincing me to just shove Jalen Turner and Grant oh, Dawson geez. and everybody just zoom them right on up there. Just out with the old in with the new baby RDA. Get out of my lightweight rankings. Yeah. You shouldn't be I'm there. I'm team. I'm team. I'm team. Jet. Even though I have him ranked higher. I'm team jet on this one. <laughs> I hate, I hate what I've brought into this yes. world. I hate that More I've done spite. this. <laughs> All I'm saying is 13 months ago, you had Dustin Poirier as your number one lightweight in the world. He lost one fight to the man who's currently your number two lightweight in the world. And all of a sudden that causes him to, Dude, to plummet down these rankings because of other people's also, decisions. You're also not factoring in that he looked bad against Michael Chandler, who sucks. <laughs> so again, you are not factoring in enough how much Michael Chandler sucks and the fact that Poirier struggled to win that fight. <laughs> All right. I, I regret that I have only to pass the microphone to you because you're the last one up on our round table here for the last group. I'm so, so excited. I, my last one's not going to be that bad. Um, because it's not actually really going at any of us, frankly, because Mike took a lot of mine. Me and Mike were simpatico on many of these. My two big ones we've already discussed. The last thing I have written down, it's I have a huge problem with the entire Bantamweight division, the female Bantamweight division. It is a travesty. Um, there's really just no other word for it. Uh, I did a little research when I was, I was doing an all-star column for who are the all-stars of 2022 across the weight classes. Great all, column on a great website. Great, Go website, check it great out. column. Check it out. All of them were very easy for the most part. Some of them were hard because it was like, well, I got so many options to choose from. Women's Bantamweight was the one, one division where it was like, I don't have any options to choose from. There are no people who have stood out in this weight class. And there's a reason for it. If you go to Tapology, very great website as well, 
they have rankings. They're not as good as our rankings, but they, they're extensive. They do hundreds of people. Their top 50 women's bantamweights combined for 59 fights in 2022. That is not factoring in most of those fights were against each other. There is just nothing happening in this weight class. Nobody is fighting three times. Three times a year is a miracle if a women's bantamweight fights that many times. Most of them are getting one. Very few get two. Nothing is happening in this weight division. And I'd like to throw out an idea, guys, to build on our 2023. I I suggest this. We don't have to have a Bantamweight ranking. We can just say, nope. We get rid of the women's Bantamweight ranking. We replace it with women's heavyweight, which is 126 and up. We just rank every female fighter over the flyweight limit. And then we can have a ranking for Larissa Pacheco and Chris Cyborg and, uh, you know, those fighters. And we don't have to struggle to find 15 people to put in this thing month over month. Because right now, I have an empty space at 15 that I am tentatively filling in with a woman who has never fought in like a real organization because she at least has a win streak because this division is just... And let's not forget. We're, and let's let's not forget. We're about to lose another one because Sarah McMahon's going to featherweight. She's currently she's yep. currently ranked in the top ten, and everybody's bantamweight. She's going to featherweight. So there's another one gone. Yeah, it's just Lucy Pudilova is is holding on to my number fourteen <laughs> spot, which should tell you everything you know. My grievance is not with you, fine people, or the fighters themselves, but the very concept of a win- women's bantamweight division. Because what was once the premier division in female combat sports has fallen so far. Well, I literally just had to Google your number 15 because I had no Ari- idea who she Aries was. Dixon. And it's some random like regional promotion. Melissa fighter. Melissa Dixon. Melissa yeah, Dixon. Aries, Aries fight dumb. Alexis, yeah, she fought within the last year, David. Alexis Davis. Alexis Davis is all in our rankings. And I was like, when did she fight? She's not even in the UFC anymore. I was like, when did she fight last? Like, and I like Alexis Davis, but I was like, why does that feel sure. like she hasn't fought for like three years? 59 total fights among the top 50. And that's probably really like 30 because they probably yeah. would imagine it, used to yeah. be fighting well, each most other. Most of those are matchups because I didn't, I should have honestly done the numbers. If you look at just like, UFC women's bantamweight fights and who there there are like six of them. It is so so. Yana left, had a kid, and came back, and she's still in like the top seven for everybody. Undeniably <laughs> in the top seven, like not even an argument. The, the MMA prize fighting industry has completely given up on women that weigh 135 pounds. There's just not fights for them. There just there are no fights for them. I know. I, mean, I, I, I am. I'm personal friends of Sarah Kaufman who at her worst was to me still a top 10 bantamweight. And she literally retired because like, I just can't get any fights. I just have to, I'm just done with it. And, um, yeah, it's just, um, it, I'm there's, more, there's just no I'm way to make a living. At 20, I'm more at intrigued now by featherweight and lightweight in women's than I am in bantamweight. Like Pacheco Harrison four. I'm actually kind of intrigued by that cyborg, even though, you know, she doesn't really have a lot of competition. Like, 
interesting because every man going over there okay it's something you know there's, there's some you know some decent fight there's i mean there's nothing at, at least they're fighting at least. they're fighting at least that's it yeah yeah it's like what, what, what is the biggest fight you could make at women's 135 right now with with not obviously not without bumping valentina shevchenko up for the new oh, i was about to say that's the answer it's not a championship fight yeah it's like a non-amanda yeah. Nunes. but any fight what's the best fight no even if you want to pick amanda Nunes yeah. as one half of it what's the biggest fight you can make at 135 it, right now i there's i have nothing it, like I, it is no. probably ketlin vieira versus raquel pennington uh, the one that's that happening one january 14th up? yeah if that happens, we talked about it on a different show. There hasn't been a bantamweight fight in the a women's bantamweight fight in the UFC since October. So if this even happens, we're still talking about almost three full months without one fight in the division. And the problem is, like Bellator doesn't have a one thirty five exactly. division. No, I don't. One I don't think one does, doesn't right? have one. Literally, no. So it's. I guess UFC is the only major promotion and, and right Victor, now. And Victor still has one. kicking around. Yeah, of course, of course. And Victor has one as well. Yeah. Yeah, it's that's why I'm I'm suggesting for 2023. Let's we don't need to be stuck to the the forces of the UFC and their belt structure. We don't do a featherweight. Let's just combine them. Then I don't have to look through the Aries FC <laughs> bantamweight fights to determine who is going to get spots 14 and 15. Because I can no. just throw yeah. Cyborg Pacheco Harrison in and feel good about myself. I don't know who and I don't know who my number 15 is. I, that's a name I put down, but I don't know who that is, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I have never seen her fight before. Couldn't pick her out of a crowd of two. No, here's the thing though. The world. Here's the thing though about this whole conversation. <laughs> There's no end in sight. Like this is this is a thing that we have been talking about now for probably like close to a year. And by the end of this year, we're probably still going to be talking about it because there's no actual like who are the Aaron Blanchfields and Man of Fioros and like Casey O'Neill's coming up at 135? Because every other division has that. Like there is nothing. There is no future in this division right now. Like once all these old guard women sort of fade out, what's even going to be left? I mean, I had to rank Lena Landsberg and Lucy Pudalova at 14 and 15. And I feel really bad about that. Like I legitimately am like, do I really like, do I have to rank people? I think I messaged you about that at one point, Sheen. I was like, do I really need 15? Like, do, is that like a requirement to be in the rankings? I have to actually rank 15 fighters. Cause it means I have to rank Lena Landsberg and Lucy Pudalova as, as top 15 fighters. That's just bad. Like that's just egregiously bad. And Lena's Lena's last three in a row. <laughs> like that's just that's a, that's how that's how far down the barrel that's how that's far down the at. barrel I had to dig to find someone for fourteen and fifteen. And even like Chelsea Chandler had a had a really solid UFC debut because she was supposed to fight at one thirty five, and then a, her opponent fell out, and then Stoli Ranko jumped in. and They did a catchweight at one forty, mm-hmm. and Chandler just killed her, just ran her over. And of course, Chandler's like, all right, well, my next fight. I want to do it 145. So that like eliminates her from the conversation as well. It's just bad. I think like the only other woman that we don't have that is even on a win streak. And I think at least one of them, if not both we're at 145 is Jocelyn Edwards. That's, that's where we're at right now. It's tough. Tough sledding. Uh, Would you guys like to know how many Bantamweight fights are on the books per, for top 50 fighters per topology right now? Three. Oh no, you're low. We, they have eight. Eight of them are on the books. So 
maybe we can get a little more action in this division, but uh, it's still questionable. And I think there's a legitimate chance, like, because there's no one left for her to find. Like, Amanda Nunes may just, like, retire soon. Like, she may just be like, you know what? I, and then then we're really in, then we're really in trouble because at least right now, at least we have Amanda Nunes anchoring the top. If she actually does retire, like, oh, my God. Like, I just... That you might lose a panelist because I don't know if I could legitimately put myself to where I'd want to rank someone else as number one. It's it's bad, and I just wanted to bring that up. No, it's a bad situation, uh, and I think that's a great way to end uh, this whole show. Is uh, it a bummer like that? Is it <laughs> on a real real bummer that's, like that? You that's know? how ending. They're the- trying to bring some levity to the to the space, and we end like that. I feel uh, better. No, I feel better. I, I don't I feel, feel like better you know, about. I don't feel better about having Tony Ferguson at number eight. I need to. I need to. I need to look inward. I need to look inward. My look rankings. Inward. My look, rankings might look a little different today. Yeah, yeah. This is important. It's important. I, we had this talk. We've all grown today. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've all learned some things about ourselves, about each other. Uh, I think we've all come to understand. Uh, maybe some, you know, we all make mistakes. I made some mistakes. You guys made some mistakes. Uh, in the end, we're still friends, though. I feel like that didn't get too heated. That was pretty yeah. reasonable. Yeah. It was much much nicer than last time. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, that has been the second annual Area of Grievances. We appreciate all of you for tuning in. We appreciate everyone here uh, for joining in. Jed Mashu, A.K. Lee, the undefeated E.K.C. Layden, Mike Heck, and Damon Martin. Uh, also, our two panelists that couldn't make it, Stephen Morocco and Guillermo Cruz. Happy New Year again to everyone. Uh, really looking forward to what we have in store for 2023. Keep it locked to MMA Fighting. Thank you again. We love you. We'll see you soon. Love you guys. The Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Bay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. 
Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Bay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. What does it take to be an entrepreneur, and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prof G Podcast, and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the Future of Entrepreneurship, a Prop G Pod special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts.